It's Wednesday, which means there is a new episode of the Bible with Megan podcast. This is the next episode in the Revelation series, and today we are in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. It's been a long time coming. We're going very slowly through this book, but we are nearly at the end. I'm really excited for today's episode. We are going to witness the fall of Satan's kingdom. So keep on listening to find out more about that. Let's get on with today's episode. My name is Megan and here I talk about the Bible. I spend some time reading through commentaries and studying passages and then chat through here about what I've learned. So you can learn that info on the go, doing your cleaning, while you work. And I really hope this just feels like grabbing a coffee with me and doing a deep dive into scripture together. Let's get on with today's episode. I've just realised listening through that I always like to say that twice, don't I? Let's get on with today's episode. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry, guys. I'll try to do that less often. Um, this weekend, uh, Zion and I, my husband Zion and I, went to Creation Fest, um, which is a Christian festival here in Cornwall, in Weybridge, and we've been going for years. Um, it's free entry for the day, so we used to go up all the time as teenagers um, to go for like the evening worship sessions and stuff, but this year we actually camped for the whole thing, and we had a really great time. It was great to catch up with people as well. I think after COVID, there's a lot of people we haven't seen in a while, a lot of people doing amazing work for God, and it was just great to wander around and see them and and hear what God's been up to and kind of um, new dreams and excitement that people have for what God is going to do next. So that was really, really encouraging. It was a great weekend. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen some clips that I put up there on my Bible with Megan page on Instagram. If you don't follow me, why not? At Bible with Megan on Instagram. I'm also starting TikTok as well. I'm going to try and do some kind of short Bible studies on TikTok. I've done one and it did fairly well. So I'm hoping that through TikTok we will be able to grow our community here a little bit more and find more people who really love diving into the Bible. But enough ramble. Let's get on with... I just was about to say it again. <laughs> Let's get on with today's episode. Revelation chapters 17 and 18. We are speeding through this. Let's start by reading verses 1 through to 14. This is chapter 17. I'm using the ESV translation as I usually do, but if you want to follow along, whatever you've got to hand, that's great. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I marvelled greatly. 
But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, the other has not yet come. And when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth but belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority of kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful." Let's start with this great prostitute then. <laughs> what on earth is going on there? This is a new character that we're being given. We've already heard about the beasts and the dragon. And when we looked at those, I sort of talked about how they form an unholy trinity, the dragon, the first beast and the second beast. And now we've also got this prostitute figure um, called Babylon. And she seems to be a sort of figurehead for Satan's kingdom. If you remember back right at the beginning of Revelation, in one of the letters to the churches, um, there is a person referred to as Jezebel. And when we looked at that, we talked about how it wasn't actually someone called Jezebel, but it was kind of linking back to Jezebel in the Old Testament. And so the point being made was this person that's been called Jezebel has the same kind of qualities as Jezebel of the Old Testament. That's similar to what is going on here. Babylon is being used to represent um, like an oppressive kingdom, a kingdom that leads um, God's people into adultery, that kind of enslaves them in the, in the ways of the kingdom. And that's linking back to the Old Testament and the role of Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon in the Old Testament. It doesn't necessarily mean this is Babylon here. In fact, it's very likely not. It's the same kind of style of using language um, as the thing with Jezebel. So Babylon is representing that kind of kingdom um, and we'll see in a bit how a lot of people think this is referring to Rome but it could also just be referring to kingdoms of this nature. It could be referring to a future kingdom. There's a load of different interpretations but that is why the name Babylon is used. So why is this person a prostitute? Well, again, this imagery comes from the Old Testament. If you remember, if you've read through the Old Testament, God's people, um, Israel in the Old Testament, are called God's bride. And uh, we'll, we'll see this come up again soon in Revelation. They are God's bride. They have a covenant with him, like a marriage covenant between a husband and a wife. And when Israel go off and, and start worshipping other gods, commit idolatry, it's portrayed in the Old Testament as them committing adultery on God because they have a covenant to worship only God 
they go off and worship other gods um they join in with other kingdoms gods and idol worship and practices and this is written down as being like adultery they are cheating on god basically they're cheating on god and um and so this language is really really familiar for to somebody familiar with the old testament um however here it doesn't seem like it's actually talking about israel about god's people because the woman that's here is drunk with the blood of the saints those who um the blood of the martyrs of jesus so it seems like this person is persecuting christians so this is a prostitute um but is not israel in this sense it's not like this is the jerusalem this is clearly being told to us this is babylon and this imagery of a prostitute is used of other kingdoms as well in the old testament of other kingdoms that do not worship god that worship other gods worship idols or worldly kingdoms that seems to be how it's being used here um this kingdom is leading people into idolatry which is linked to the imagery of sexual immorality something else that tells us this is a worldly kingdom is the beast we've already talked about how the beast imagery comes from daniel 7 and it's there that that we are told that these are worldly kingdoms that are going to come about so it's linking us to that this is the worldly kingdoms that are going to lead people astray lead people away from god and persecute and oppress god's people um, and like I just said, some people believe this is a specific kingdom that's going to happen. Some people think it was Rome. Some people think that this is just a characteristic of the way Satan is kind of um, behind these worldly kingdoms. Kingdoms based on self-centeredness and corruption and using others for your own gain. In fact, let me just read you a quick extract from um, the Tyndale commentary in Revelation which is by Leon Morris. Sorry, I got confused because there's an editor's name on the front as well. I didn't know which one it was. It's by Leon Morris. Um, he says, The seven heads are now said to be seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. It's obviously using the King James Version, isn't it? This identifies her with Rome, for the seven hills of that city are often mentioned in ancient literature. This does not mean that Rome exhausts the meaning of the symbol. As we have seen, the great city is every city and no city. It is civilised man organised apart from God. It has an embodiment in every age. And that's really important. If you go right back to the beginning of the Bible where people try and build the Tower of Babel, they're, you know, they're trying to create their own civilization apart from God. They want God to come down to them. Um, they're not they're trying to bring God down to command him to come down into the structures that they are building rather than submitting to God. It's the same problem. It's people trying to do kingdom without God and kingdom without God isn't good. It can't be. Satan just comes in and ruins the whole thing. A kingdom that is built on the things of Satan and not on the things of God won't work. It can't stand. Um, it will collapse implode it will fail but people in this kingdom are deceived it says that they are drunk they are not seeing clearly they are believing the lies that are presented in front of them and they want to make war on the lamb they think they can defeat him clearly clearly not thinking straight 
there is definitely more we could get into in that passage. People like to use this to kind of interpret or predict um, certain rulers that are going to appear. Um, if you have questions on that, feel free to drop me a message on Instagram. In fact, if you ever have any questions, do that. I might not know the answers, <laughs> but I might be able to point you to some other resources or, or whatever if you want to look into stuff like that. But I think that looking at the, the theme of what's going on here and what's happening within the biblical narrative just gives us this, this kind of the message behind what John is saying and the importance behind this description. And in this passage, we get more rip-offs. <laughs> we get more fake imitations of God, of Jesus, of God's kingdom, like the name of mystery um, that is written on, on this prostitute. We'll see in the next chapter or two that Jesus has a name written on him. Um, this phrase, who was and is not and is to come, is like a direct twist on the phrase about God, isn't it? Who was and is and is to come. It's a direct twist on that. It's Satan trying to be God himself. Even the way that the beast and the prostitute are described, it's all this kind of royal imagery, this scarlet, purple, gold and jewels and pearls, a golden cup. It's trying to present something royal, something with authority and even divinity. Um, but of course we know that this is all fake and that's why we see it all collapse. Verse 15, and the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. This bit is really, really interesting because the people within the kingdom, this, this Satan's kingdom, evil kingdom, actually turn on the prostitute. They are the ones that have raised her up as their figurehead. And yet now they are the ones that are tearing her down. Evil destroys itself. It is inherently unstable. It's just a consequence of the way that system works. It's shaky. It, it's always going to collapse. And God allows that to happen. He actually puts this on their hearts because they're so caught up in evil. That they're, not, they're not helping each other. They're just out for themselves and the whole thing just can't stand. And in chapter 18, we see the full of Babylon, the full of Satan's kingdom. So let's just read through that whole chapter. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. 
for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning. Since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen, I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this reason, her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burnt up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. And the kings of the earth, who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her, will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off, in fear of her torment, and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo any more. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you, and all your delicacies and your splendours are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares, who gained wealth from her, will stand far off, in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, for the great city that was clothed in fine linen, in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. And all shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth, for in a single hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters, will be heard in you no more. And craftsmen of any craft will be found in you no more. The sound of the mill will be heard in you no more, and the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints, and all who have been slain on the earth. I don't know if you could tell while I was reading that, but a lot of that is kind of very poetic. The way it's laid out in my Bible is sort of like lots of little stanzas. Um, I don't know if that's in the original, but I'm assuming so if that's how the translators have 
decided to write it out. It's this great lament over Babylon. The people that followed her, that were in that city, that were in Satan's kingdom, are lamenting over everything that they've lost. They thought they had everything. They thought they had luxury. They thought they had riches. But the things that they put their trust in and their hope in are now fading. The things that they thought they'd spent so much time building and investing in, God just takes away in a single day. And that point about slaves really stands out to me as the heart of God. They are trading people and they're getting rich off it. And it reminds us in that sentence, these are human souls. This is why God brings judgment. He's bringing redemption and freedom. And those who participate in evil, that diminish who people are, that diminish God's creation and, and try and use it for their, just their own gain, without care for what they are doing <laughs> God won't let that continue he won't let that continue and isn't that the justice we all long for also this passage just reminds me of Jesus's words do not store your treasures on earth but store your treasures in heaven for where your treasures are that is where your heart will be also and that is my prayer as we end this episode. Next time we'll be moving on to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19 is a contrast to this lament we've just heard. It is a rejoicing. It is saying Satan's kingdom is destroyed. God's judgment has come and that is going to bring freedom. It's going to bring in the kingdom of God once and for all. And all the people that have decided to follow Jesus are going to be there and they are going to be praising him and uh yeah it's going to be exciting to get into that but there's a reminder here like i just said about where we store our treasure just a reminder to check our hearts to check what our motives are and where we want to be in the lament we just heard there is a warning god gives his people a warning he says my people come out of her and again, it's that sexual Im imagery. Come out. Don't be associated with her in any way. Come out from under her. Come out. Step away from those worldly systems that bring us into sin and allow us to participate in idolatry. We need to be wise in what we do. We need to be wise as followers of Christ. What do we put our name to? Is it what God would approve of? Is it something that's showing God's glory and his righteousness? Is it bringing in the kingdom of God or is it feeding into the world? I pray that we would always be people with our treasures in heaven and that's where our hearts would be also. I will see you next time, friends. Thank you so, so much for joining me for today's episode. so much for joining me for today's podcast if you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on that would be really really helpful and it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey 
If you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially, you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just donate a little bit towards making these resources. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Bible with Megan or one word where I update everything that's going on and have content on there as well. So I really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Bible with Megan podcast.